we start uh, tonight about something that is very heavy on my heart about Israel is under attack October the 7th on their Sabbath. Hamas overwhelmed the Iron Dome with some say 20,000 rockets. They couldn't compete. It, it was just a horrific thing. The bloodiest massacre for Israel in its modern day history. Um, a 911 like ours, 911, only magnified 20-fold. A tragedy. And Israel is hated of all nations, hated of many people. But Israel is loved by God Almighty. Amen. How many of you ever heard the statement, the Holy Land? Anybody ever heard Israel referred to as the Holy Land? Did you know biblically that's correct? Did you know I can prove it to you in the Bible that Israel is the Holy Land? It's not the United States. Israel is the Holy Land. And I want to show you tonight that, just go on up further if you want there, because i got to give Jimmy plenty of room. We're going we're gonna to do, do tonight what they did in Old Testament times, and in the time of Jesus, we're going to sit and preach. Amen? Of course, we do it the way they did it back then. You'll have to stand and listen to me preach while we sit. We're going to have an open discussion tonight, and we're going to also uh, have an open mic for you to ask questions if we go a little further into the service. But anyway, um, I want you to turn in your Bibles with me, please, to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 2, verse 12. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I want to show you that the land of Israel and Jerusalem is holy land. It is the holy land of God. It's set apart by God Almighty. Verse 12, Zechariah chapter 2. And the Lord shall inherit Judah. Now you remember there's ten tribes in the north, which was Israel or Ephraim. Two tribes in the south, which was um, Judah and Benjamin. And, of course, we know that they were taken into uh, Babylonian captivity. But in the end, how many know Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem? Jesus is returning. Praise God. He's going to come and get us, and then he's going to come back and bring us and take us to the holy city, Jerusalem. Anyway, the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the Holy Land, and shall choose Jerusalem again. Isn't that beautiful? I want to use for a subject tonight, the Holy Land. You may be seated. First, I want to show you in the scriptures that Israel is definitely called the Holy Land. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, it says, the ground is cursed for thy sake. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. We know that the ground was cursed because of Adam and Eve falling into sin, and the earth was plunged into the curse. The land was cursed. And because the land was cursed, Jesus Christ, of course, Abraham didn't know him as Jesus at that time, but the angel of the Lord. God goes to Abraham and calls him out of the land of Chaldeans there in Iraq today, and he calls Abraham into another land. He's going to sanctify First, the land is cursed. Now God is going to sanctify the land through Abraham. Now, just to make it plain as, you know, vanilla, 
Sanctified means set apart. And so God is going to set apart a land in which he can bless. A land in which his son will come in the future and die for the sins of the world. A land where ground zero will be where Jesus will return to Jerusalem. I love the minor prophets. We talked to the minor prophets and I was so blessed to see that the minor prophets were not minor. Incredible, major. But God goes to um, Abraham in chapter 12, Genesis. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land. Everybody say a land. That I will show thee, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So God gives Abraham and sanctifies some land because the land is cursed. God is going to sanctify some land to Abraham in order to bring Moses and the law and to bring the prophets and the will of God to planet earth and eventually the son of God to take away our sins as the lamb of God. Now notice Genesis 15 verse 18. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. By the way, this is an unconditional covenant. I don't believe in replacement theology. The church did not take place, did not take Israel's place. Israel doesn't take the church's place. There's no such thing as replacement theology. In fact, God promised Abraham the land, and until the land is possessed 300, all 300,000 square miles, then it is not fulfilled yet. It's a covenant. Verse 18, the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, unto this Unto thy seed have I given the land from the river of Egypt, that would be the great Nile, unto the great river Euphrates. That land is three, he described 300,000 square miles. God tells Abraham, I'm going to give you Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Kuwait, and a lot of Egypt. That's a big piece of property. And so God says, I'm going to sanctify that land in order, set it apart. Doesn't mean the land is, you know, any special than any other land, except God said, I'm going to draw a circle in this property, and that's where I'm going to flex my muscles. That's where I'm going to do my stuff. And that's where Jesus came to earth. We worship a Jew that is, God Almighty is, in a Jew. God is wrapped up inside of a Jew. His name is Jesus. And Jesus is my Savior. And Jesus came to Israel. And one day he'll return to Jerusalem and take possession. Notice not only is the land cursed and then God sanctifies the land, but God shows us that the land is holy. The land is holy. You say, where does it say that? Moses, Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. Moses, don't draw any closer. The place thou standest is holy ground, holy land. 
Amen. Holy land. And then the Bible says in Zechariah 2 verse 12, he's coming back to possess the land. On that October the 7th, on a Sabbath, Israel was attacked, and Israel has been attacked for hundreds of years, but not hundreds of years as they've returned to their homeland. We're looking at 80 years, 90 years. 1948 is actually when Israel became a nation. But Israel has suffered war after war after war after war. And what nation do you know that will put up with missiles fired into their homeland two or three times a week and not crush their enemy? Well, what, what really set this thing on fire was when Hamas came in and decapitated babies, ripped babies out of the stomachs of the Jewish women that were pregnant, killed innocent people, destroyed much of Israel, and Israel retaliates because of the hate mongers, anti-Semitism, so many people want to say, well, Israel is the bully. Israel's not the bully. She's surrounded by 20, 60, 70 Arabian nations that are not particularly glad she's there. And they've suffered attacks and missiles for years. And I just ask you the question, who's the bully anyway? It's not Israel. Amen. And so one day the Lord will return to the land of Israel. I've asked Jimmy to join me. Brother Jimmy, come on up. We're going to sit here at this table. We're going to talk about the land of Israel, the holy land of Israel. And Jimmy is the First Baptist Church pastor of Galena, Missouri. Jimmy Harris, my good friend. And I asked him to sit beside me. Isn't that wonderful, a Pentecostal sitting beside a good old Baptist? Amen. And we're going to talk about some of the things that's happening. We will go eventually to Ezekiel 38. What's interesting about Ezekiel is it's so pontifical, it's so amazing. Ezekiel starts out, if I can stay sitting down, if Ezekiel starts out with all kinds of weird visions. Anybody read the book of Ezekiel? The wow. But as he comes to the close of his book, which is in Ezekiel chapter 37 and 38, actually 36 and 37, Ezekiel gives a chronological order of end time events. In chapter 36 and 37, Israel returns to the land. Uh, the graveyard that Israel was scattered, and you read the scripture about the, the uh, bones scattered in the valley and how God would breathe, put sinew on them and bring them back. You preached this not long ago. Yeah, I, I did. Here. I was here, I remember. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Nobody listens, but thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> Amen. Chapter 38 and 39, Ezekiel is talking about the battle of Armageddon. He's talking about the armies that are coming down against Israel. And then in chapter 40 through chapter 48, 
We have the thousand-year reign of Christ. We have the millennial temple. Amen. And we see the lamb that lays down by the wolf, and we see total peace and safety as Jesus rules and reigns on the earth for 1,000 years, and Satan is bound for 1,000 years in the bottomless pit, and so Jesus is now King of kings and Lord of lords and sovereign God. Jimmy and I is going to talk about Ishmael for a little bit and Abraham. We talked about Abraham Wednesday night. Jimmy, um, I, what a lot of people don't know, we know that Jacob had 12 sons. Actually, he had 14, but 12, 12 tribes of Israel. Two were his grandsons. But Ishmael also had 12 sons. God made a promise to Abraham that Isaac would be a great, out of him would become a great nation. All the families of the earth would be blessed. But then Abraham did a no-no. And he got too friendly with Hagar, his handmaid. And they have a baby. And they named him Ishmael. Ishmael also, what you maybe don't know, is Ishmael also had 12 sons. In fact, God says in Genesis 17, 20, as for Ishmael, Abraham's concerned about Ishmael, and he's, he's bothered, and God says to, to Abraham, um, as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve sons shall he beget, the phrase is princes, and I will make him great. Yes. Out of Ishmael comes the Muslim world, the Arabian tribes. It is the Arabian people, and that's who Ishmael is. And most Arabians are Muslim. And so many Muslims, though some of them are very good people, there is a fraction or a, a deflection from, uh, from their, their kind spirit. Because God said that Ishmael would be a, a wild, raging animal. And he would always have conflict. So in this Arabian tribes, this Arabian nations, rises up Islam, Islam, Islam and the Hamas and, and ISIS and those that are bound to destroy Israel. Not all Palestinians want Israel crushed. Not all Arabs want Israel crushed. In fact, right now, many of the Arab nations are standing with Israel. But because of the infraction, there is um, a problem that because Islamic and, and uh, Hamas and and the, the deterioration, Muhammad, let me say right now that Muhammad did not come from the 12 tribes of Israel. No. Muhammad came 1,500 years after King David sat on the throne in Jerusalem. Right. So don't let anybody tell you that they were around before Israel because they were not. David sat on the throne long before there was a Muhammad, long before there was Islamic. 
Well, what I, I would just say that you have talk about the Holy Land. You have roughly 14 million Jews in the whole world. And only a little over 7 million of them live in Israel. And uh, for the first time uh, in history, in, uh, in 2018 or 2019, there were more Jews in Israel than there were spread out across the rest of the world. And Jews have been coming home for a long time. Yeah. Put this into respect, in, in the aspect and in perspective, you have in Israel fewer than 8 million Jews. They're surrounded by almost 400 million Muslims who historically have been sworn to their destruction and to pushing Israel into the sea and, uh, and into destroying the Jewish state, as they call it, the Zionist state. Yeah. Um, there's been a new wrinkle in the last few years, especially during the Trump administration. Iran has gotten so powerful and so unfriendly, and they have a different strain of Islam. They are Shiite Muslims, and they follow some different teachings and some different applications than the rest of the Muslims do, the Sunni Muslims. Yeah. And you take most of the most of the of the of the nations around Israel are Sunni Muslims. Uh, the the radicals in Lebanon and in Syria, all directed by Iran, they are the they are the Shiite Muslims. They are a minority of the Muslims, and they're, they're a split. They're they're a faction of Muslims, uh, but they have uh, because of oil and some other things, and their emphasis on military buildup. They have a lot of power. You know, never forget Iran. I believe has either the third or fifth largest army in the world. Yeah, standing army. So this split between the Sunnis and the Shiites, you have a lot of Sunni Muslims. Uh, like Saudi Arabia, and then the ones that became, uh, I think James mentioned the, the Abraham Accords that, that he'll talk some more about. It's the Sunni Muslim nations like Bahrain and the, the United Arab, Arab Emirates, and I think there was one more, I can't remember which one it was, but, but Saudi Arabia is, is the biggest one of those. They're wanting more normalized ties with yeah. Israel because to, to, to be a counter move against Iran. So that is a dynamic we've never had in the Middle East before. Yeah. And Trump kind of threw the monkey wrench into the thing with Iran. <laughs> um, I, you know, there's a lot of things Trump did. His mean tweets were not very nice, but, <laughs> but you know, the, he did do some great things. In fact, he declared Jerusalem as the, whole, as the capital, yeah. holy city. Well, whether Trump declared it or not, it is, because it was where David reigned. But that said a great deal to the, the other nations around that Israel has a holy city, Jerusalem. Amen. Obama, and I'm not trying to be political, but Obama gave to Iran $1.2 billion cash and promised them $100 billion more. Trump came along and said, no deal. Pardon the pun. You're fired. Pardon the pun. <laughs> Trump loses the election. 
And whether you agree with me or not, that didn't take God by surprise. Amen. What we're seeing now is God's sovereignty, yes. divine providence. Biden, whether he stole the election, whether he won it fair, that doesn't matter. God is the one that sets up kings, takes them down. So Biden is in position because God allowed it. Well, Biden retracted uh, Trump's deal and gave them back $6 billion, promises them $6 billion. Now, Iran is giving all this money and, and Biden gives $6 billion or promises $6 billion back to Iran. What do you think Iran's gonna do with that money? Exactly what they're doing now. They're bombing the stuffings out of Israel. They're killing innocent people. Pastor, may I add just one thing here? It, it's like, uh, have you ever uh, like got your refund ahead of time, like from H&R Block? You know, they, they, they charge you a fee for it, but you can get your refund ahead of time. Then you can spend it before you ever get a refund. Yeah. Well, you know, the administration now said, well, we didn't pay them the money yet. We're not going to pay them the money. But Iran knew the money was going to come at yeah. some point. So they went ahead and spent what they didn't have so that they could bomb Israel. It's true. It's true. And, it, and you know, it, but then again, we have to understand that God has a plan. Yes, and, you know, in 1967, after they had their war, and um, in fact, it was in 1948, Israel became a nation. Yes. The very next day, the very next day, 1948, the very next day, all the nations around Israel attacked. Transjordan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq attacked. They also attacked in 1967. They did not prevail. No. Israel has always prevailed because it's not that they have America as their guardian angel. They have Jesus Christ as and their on, guardian. And on, Jan, on June 6th, the same day as D-Day, only, only four year, only a, a third, 20 something years later, Moshe Diane took the Temple Mount. There you go. And that was in the 67th war. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy. Good stuff. I didn't know that. Keep talking, Jimmy. <laughs> he, 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 happened to, he happened to have the good luck of being the, the general on the day they won. How about that? <laughs> you remember him? He had an eye patch and he was bald. The guy, the Israeli general you always saw on TV back in the 60s and 70s. And somebody told me Henry Kissinger's still alive. He is. He's got to be 190 years old by now. I think he's a... He was 100 and something when I, when I was a little boy. But anyway, <laughs> but, but Henry Kissinger says there is no solution. There no, is no he's solution. wrong. We got a savior that is a solution. In 1967, after they had that war and Israel won, in 1967, they had what they call, they got together at the United Nations. They actually got at a... a um, Arabian summit in Sudan shortly after the battle in 1967 and they declared the three big no's and the Arabian nations, the Muslims and all them that once Israel crushed they gave what's called the three big no's no recognition to Israel no peace and no ne negotiations they have to be destroyed and all that, this talk yeah. about, about a uh, a two-state solution. They don't want a two-state solution. No. 
the Palestinians want a one-state solution and no Israel. They don't want a two-state solution with Israel. They don't want there to be an Israel. Well, in 2005, Israel left Gaza, pulled all their troops out. In 2005, Israel left Gaza and said, you can have it. We're, we're not going to police it. We're, we're going to let you have their own, your own little Gaza. Well, because there have been <coughs> so many Muslims involved and almost uh, all of, uh, of uh, Gaza was inhabited by, and I don't say all, I, a great percentage, they elected uh, Hamas as their leader. And Hamas has just made them nothing but puppets and, and human shields in this attack. And they're not there. And, and please, I, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Palestinian because I'm not. But there's a whole lot more people in Palestine that probably don't like Israel either. They may not be Hamas, but they don't like Israel either. Because anti-Semitism is all over the world. And there's a lot of people that hate. Now, that doesn't make it right for babies and innocent people in the war. It's awful, isn't it? And it can. And, and they, you know, <laughs> that's absolutely true. You talk about Hamas and getting along and the people that they may not support Hamas, but they still don't like Israel. If you go back to, to 2005 and before, you know, uh, Bill Clinton negotiated an agreement between uh, Yitzhak Rabin and uh and Yasser Arafat, if you remember Yasser Arafat, yeah. he was the leader of the Palestinian Liberation Organization. They had a state, it wasn't, wasn't a state, they hadn't split a partition, but they gave the, the what they call the Palestinian Authority, which still exists, they gave them administration over, over Samaria and Galilee, what they called the West Bank. They called it the Occupied West Bank, but it's part of Israel, actually. You know, it's Samaria and Galilee. Um, and when they did that, it, they were all one deal, and they also had this little corner down here so that they could have a port. Israel was willing to give them access to the sea. Uh, so they gave them this Gaza Strip. Yep. And, and you had one authority. And the reason that, that Hamas, this radical ISIS-like uh, Islamist group, these jihadists, the reason you have them down there is because they couldn't get along with the Palestinian authority that was in charge. So now you've got one, one bunch of, of, of the, under the Palestinian authority that are trying to get along with Israel and without blowing each other up. I'm not saying they're saints. They fight all the time. I remember the Intifada and all the riots and everything. It, it's, that's, they're, not, they're, you know, they're not ready to solve the problem. But what I'm saying is, is Hamas was so contrary, they couldn't even get along with their own people. They couldn't get along with their own party. So they split in two. And so what you actually yep. have is one group uh, administrating in, in the West Bank and another group administrating in Gaza and we see what their administration looks like. There's nothing but blood and fire. Yep, yep, yep. That's what their administration is. Terror. And our, our media keeps a lot of that from us. Um, if you really want to know what's happening, you can go to the Rosenberg Report on computer, thetimesofisrael.com allisrael.com news. Don't expect to get it from Fox or CBS or whatever. You're not going to get the true scoop on what's happening. In fact, I, I can do better than that. Go to the Bible and you'll know more about what's happening. 
But um, to go back to Iran, Iran was, was um, trained by Russia. Right. The Hamas. The Hamas was trained by Russia. And Iran is financed Hamas. Iran is pure evil. They call Israel the little Satan, and they call America the giant Satan. Death to Israel, death to America. Pray tell me why you would leave a billion dollars on the tarmac of their airport or their air, airways. I don't, you know, I don't understand all that, but I, I do know that I'm not going to hand a man a gun if he's going to shoot me in the head. I'm told it was in cash on a pallet. Yeah, it was cash on a pallet. Uh, you know, another thing about Iran that you got to remember, we don't hear about it anymore. We heard a lot about it when John McCain was still alive, but we don't hear about it now because I think people just don't want to talk about it. There's a devastating civil war going on in Syria right now. Yeah. And the faction that has just about won and put everybody out of business, and we still have advisors in Syria. We got about 2,000 U.S. troops, uh, I don't know how they're dispersed, but some Army, some Marines, some Air Corps, uh, Air, Air Force, but we have, we, have, we have military personnel in Syria supporting one faction of these rebels, but the other side, the, the, the government, Bashir, the, the, uh, the president, he and Russia and, uh, and Iran and Turkey are all aligned together against these rebel groups. There's no way yeah. these rebel groups could win. And I, you know, I have a question. You know, why do we still have two thousand people sitting over there for targets? You know, uh, where yeah. where they should. We could probably find some something better to do with those personnel than to have them sitting there as targets for the Iranians. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, tell them how Palestine got its name. Well, this is this will freak you out. If you have a really old Bible published by the World Bible Co Company, they're the ones they used to give you in, in, in when you got saved, you know, in, in Sunday school. You know, the print was about that big. You need you yeah. go blind trying to read the Bible. But they had these maps in the back and these old maps of ancient Israel. And if you look at one of those, Gaza is in the same place, the physical place of the land of the Philistines. It was Philistia, Israel's ancient enemy. Uh, you know, everybody fought the Philistines. Samson fought the Philistines. Gaza. Saul fought the Philistines. David fought the Philistines. Yeah. Everybody fought the Philistines. And, uh, the, you know, you see a Jew, now we have Jews, uh, we have uh, Arabians, we have, uh, we have Romans. Have you ever met a Philistine? There ain't any nope. left, you know. <laughs> but Hadrian was a Roman emperor in the 100s AD. And after they'd gone in, and, uh, this was after the destruction of, of Jerusalem. Sometime after that, there was another uprising in Israel, and he sent a bunch of army down there to clear them out. And he renamed Israel, or it was called Judea at the time, which means Jews. And they, 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 it was called Judea. He renamed it Palestine but just to make the Jews mad because Palestine is the Latin word for Philistine. Yeah. That's how they got the name Palestine. 
And before 1948, if a Jew was born there, their birth certificate said Palestine. So there's actually Jews still living with a birth certificate that says Palestine. That's right. It was forced on the Jews. But the Jews are God's people. I'm not saying they're perfect, but I am saying that they are who God chose to bring us Moses, to bring us the law, to bring us the morals, to bring us his presence, to bring us his son. He'll return again one day. Thank God maybe today. We'll be caught up to meet Jesus in the air. Jesus Christ said, when you start seeing all this stuff happening, lift up your eyes, your redemption draws nigh. And so I don't know exactly when the rapture's gonna take place. Paul didn't know, and, and, but Jesus knew, but he didn't tell us. Don't know for sure. In fact, Jesus said the Father was the only one that knew, but I think Jesus had an inside scoop. He could have found out if he had asked. How many agree with that? They're inseparable. There's some prophets on television that has an inside scoop too, you know. Uh, They've tried to, over the years to tell us when it was going to happen, right? That's right. And, <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned a while ago that, the, you know, the reason that people are so clueless about some of this is that, is that their, their study guides and their Sunday school quarterlies and their pastors have taught them that the church has replaced Israel. No way. The church has not replaced Israel. That's true. Israel is Israel. He has a plan for Israel. The church is the church. He has a plan for the church. And never the twain shall meet until the kingdom comes. Now, Amen. One more thing. This is what you, this is the way you got to look at it. The next time somebody tells you that, that the church has replaced Israel, that Israel doesn't matter anymore. You say, well, you know what? God made promises to Israel. And if he doesn't keep those promises to Israel, what makes you think he'll keep his promise to you? Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's good stuff. How good preaching. You, how can you trust a God who doesn't keep his promises? I trust him. Amen. It's an everlasting covenant without any condition. No condition. God says, I'll do it, and he'll do it. Amen. It's awesome. Praise God. And what did he do? He made Abraham go to sleep. He did. He waited until Abraham was asleep, and he made a covenant, the covenant himself. Asleep. Can't make a covenant with a guy that's asleep. That's right. Not God him agree. The covenant himself. I've been trying to talk to these people asleep all <laughs> for years. But I'm still their pastor. I know. And, pe and people ask me, do you like coming here? Of course I like coming here. It's a silly question in the first place because if I didn't like coming here, why would I come? You know. <laughs> I want to tie up a few strings and then we're going to go to Ezekiel uh, 38 and um, we're going to talk about a few things. Don't want to stay too long. We may have to pick this up next Sunday night. We can do it. We can do it next Sunday night if we need to. But... Um, a few loose ends. Abraham did remarry after his wife died. He married a woman by the name of Keturah, which had six more sons. And so in Genesis 25, verse 1, then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah, and she bare six sons. So where those sons are right now, they're among the Arabians, I'm right. sure. They're there. They'll, they'll play a role in the end time, I'm sure. Uh, you'll have to find someone that knows everything to figure that out for you. Well, what the Bible says, and this is really the, the total of what we know about him, is that he sent them while Isaac was still alive. In verse 6 of this chapter, it says that he sent them far away into the eastern lands. That's he right. He didn't want them to be any trouble for Isaac. That's good. He sent That's them good. away. 
But he gave them, he gave them gifts, gave them money, gave them riches. Oh yeah, yeah, and then packed them off. <laughs> and then when Abraham died, Ishmael showed up for his inheritance. Is that how it works? You die, they all show up. You see, they can get their inheritance. Well, he did go to the funeral. Well, that's true, but I, th I think he wanted his peace. Yeah. Nobody's changed, not even Ishmael. But we, anyway. We, we don't have it recorded, Pastor James, but I imagine at the funeral, Isaac said, you already got yours, buddy. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, we're going to look at just for a minute, and we're out, about out of time because we want to open up the floor for questions. But let's look at uh, Ezekiel 38. I'll just kind of read and make a few comments, and, and we'll probably pick up next Sunday night on this. Ezekiel, remember now, according to uh, Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37, that's the regathering of Israel back into her land. The last verse in the book of Amos says, She'll never be driven away. She's there forever Amen. now that she's returned back to her land. Verse 36, 37, Israel returns. The valley of dry bones gathered. An army is made. How many know that's true? Chapter 38 and 39, the battle of Armageddon, the accumulation of war, rumors of war, hostility. Chapter 40 through 48, the millennial kingdom, the thousand-year reign of Jesus, Satan bound for a thousand years. I mean, you know, that sounds good. All right, Ezekiel 38. We're not going to stay much longer because we need to open up the floor for any questions. But let's read it a little bit. If you found it, say amen. Amen. If you haven't found it, it'll be on the screen. At least I think it will. Yep, there, there it, is. it is. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. Now, Gog is not a nation. Gog is a, um, basically, he's a, 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 a czar. He's, it's a title. He's a leader. And the land of Magog is Russia. Right. And the chief prince of Meshach is Moscow. And Tubal, or Tubas, is another city of Russia. Verse 3, and, and say, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the leader of the northern Russia, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, that's the cities, Moscow and another city, and I will, t I will turn thee back and put a hook in your, into thy jaws. Now, I've done a lot of fishing, and when you put a hook in the jaw of a fish, he's not coming willingly. He fights it. And so I take it that when this war takes place, either Russia will be so beat down that they'll be reluctant to get involved with the battle, and they'll come reluctantly, but God says, I'll bring them down. I'll put hooks in their jaw. I'll bring them forth, and all thine army, and the horses and the horsemen, and all them that clothed in shorts and armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia is Iran. 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 In fact, Persia, Iran was called Persia up until recently. And they changed it to Iran. Ethiopia, Libya, and with them, all them that shield the helmet. Gomer, that's not, that's not Mayberry RFD, by the way. Gomer, and all his bands, and the house of Tagarma, and the north quarters, and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare 
for thyself, thou and all the company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations. This is Israel coming out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely all, uh, uh, safely all of them. And thou shalt ascend and come like a storm, and thou shalt be like a cloud and cover the land, thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. I drop down to verse thir uh, 13. Sheba and Dedan. Now, let me back up first of all and, and explain to you what um, Libya, Ethiopia, Persia, Iran, uh, Gomer, Basically, uh, Gomer is um, the Eastern Europe. Um, Tagarma is Turkey and Armenia and Georgia. Um, of course, Libya doesn't need any interpretation. Ethiopia is Kush, the northern Sudan. Uh, and so they're going to come down against Israel. But notice in verse 13, there's a group of people by the name of Sheba and Dedan. This is Saudi Arabia. And probably because of the Abrahamic Accord that Trump got through, this is probably the reason. They asked, and the merchants of Tarshish, Tarshish is, Tarshish is actually England, out past the Mediterranean. And so Tarshish, Sheba, and Dedan the merchants, and all the young lions, that would be settlements of, of, uh, of England, that would be British territory, young lions, they will ask a question. With all the young lions, they'll say unto thee, those coming down against Israel, art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey, to carry away silver and gold, and to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? So they question what Gog and question what uh, these, these attackers are doing. What are y'all doing? Yeah, you know. Uh, what is this? And, and so uh, I, I understand that we're seeing it happen. I mean, we're seeing prophecy unfold in our day. And, and I really think that the Abraham Accord has a lot to do with what we just said. We'll put something with that. Yes, game. I do. I, I, want, I just want to say that that, that uh, first to address uh, Sheba and Dedan and Tarshish, these are like you say, these are representative. Uh, these are representative of many places, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Sheba, the, the 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 southern and eastern coastal countries of Africa, uh, and Dedan, uh, some of the what we would call the Emirates around the Persian Gulf that are always allied with like like Saudi Arabia and they don't ever want to get into war. They, you know, when they fight, they usually get somebody else to do it yeah. for them. Uh, uh, and, and it also represents in Tarshish, uh, uh, traditionally they would say that that was Spain or the Gibraltar area, but never forget that Gibraltar is a British 
yeah. a British possession, and it was part of the British Empire, and it controls the entrance into the Mediterranean Sea. So I think we can safely say that Tarshish is representative of perhaps Britain and her remaining Commonwealth, and perhaps her past colonies like Canada and the United States and Australia. I think you can spread Tarshish all over the board there. One more thing about Libya and Ethiopia, I think they're representative too. I think, I think Ethiopia represents Muslim, because they're, they're in league with this attack yeah, on, 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 on Jerusalem. The, they, I believe they're the sub-Saharan, uh, mostly predominantly black Muslim African nations. They're always having civil wars over there, mainly because of their Muslim populations and their Christian populations. And then Libya, I believe, represents the northern Africa that borders the, the Mediterranean Sea, which they are the Arab Africans, yeah. but they're yeah. all Muslim too. And so this, this puts it in, it, it puts it into perspective that this is not just a grab of powers. You know, you see, you see somebody like Russia coming, they are a power. And, uh, but they're using mostly Muslim nations to, to help them in this endeavor. You mentioned Turkey. You know, Turkey's another fly in the buttermilk. Yeah. Turkey is our ally because of NATO. They are a NATO nation, just like yeah, Greece, just true. like England, you know. But they're having to walk a fine line because they want Israel destroyed. They're a Muslim country but they just can't say it out loud. And I think that's why they're working so much under the table with Russia and Iran. They want hatred to be toward Israel even more. And they want that natural gas field out there that's, in the Mediterranean. That's true, that's true. <laughs> now, there's, there are three countries that's not mentioned in this coming down in battle, and that's Jordan, which will be the city of Petra where Israel will flee to right. um, when uh, the dragon comes after her. Out of Basra, I have called. I yeah. have, he comes out of Basra with his garments dripped in blood. That's, that's right. Down there to, that's, that's what Basra is. That's where Basra is. Yeah. So that's Jordan. You have Egypt, Syria. Now, actually, Syria is not a player in this battle, and it's probably because Damascus is destroyed. Isaiah 17. It hadn't happened yet, so it's got to happen sometime in the future. Damascus will be destroyed. I don't know whether the U.S. will destroy her, whether friendly fire, a, a misguided missile, a nuclear blast, but Damascus will be destroyed. And I would point out that yesterday, all day long, there were several incidents where cruise missiles cruise missiles launched from those carriers out in the, uh, out in the Mediterranean, uh, they... They, uh, they bombarded Syria, uh, Iranian uh, targets in Syria. And Damascus is the capital of Syria. See, Damascus is the oldest recorded city. It's the oldest city in history that, that is still inhabited, that is still occupied. It's never not been a city. So we know that their destruction is yet future. Someone had asked, is this the end time? It's always been the end time. It was the end time when Paul was writing right. the epistles. But uh, wars and rumors of war, can this escalate? You betcha. If Russia ties in with Iran, which they're already supporting them somewhat, and uh, then later on we see in the battle in Revelation where kings from the east will come, which will be China. So you got China, you got Russia, you got Iran, uh, teaming up with uh, uh, these terrorist groups all in one 
go, and that is to see Israel literally destroyed. And another wrinkle in there, you know, the largest Muslim population in the world is not in Saudi Arabia, and it's not in Iran. It is in Indonesia, which is an Eastern Asian country. They could be, the giant Muslim country could be part of the kings of the East. That's true. I don't ever hear it talked about, but they're right there. And they've got 100 million Muslims there in one country. Uh, I'd like to just, before you open it up, I just want to say one thing. You know, you, you started this off with Zechariah 2.12. I want to go to Zechariah 12.2. Okay. And, uh, and this is what the Lord says is going to happen at the last days and see if that couldn't be the time that we're living in now. Beginning in verse 2, it says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. Yep unto all the people round about when they shall be in a siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem and in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people and all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. God says, whatever you do to Jerusalem, in the end, it will not stand. This is the city that I have chosen to be called by my it's, name. It's it the is holy the land. holy city. It's a holy land. The holy land. It is the holy land. Not because the people of Israel are holy, <laughs> but because God sanctified it. Amen. You draw a circle around it. It's the holy land. And uh, I'm excited. The Lord could come any minute. Now, I said this morning, America could collapse without a missile shot, without a nuclear weapon. America could collapse and become powerless without firing a shot. All, our, all that has to happen is our economy collapses. If the rapture took place, what do you think will happen to America? Think about that. be a lot of dead spots, Also, uh, politicians will get away from... Uh, get away from uh, Israel because they're poisoned with anti-Semitism. And so, you know, it's, uh, uh, Israel may pull, uh, America may pull out. It's, it, either way, it's powerless. And uh, I don't think we can stand much more. Than, <laughs> I don't think we can stand another politician, honestly. I read a terrifying thing this morning on my news feed. It says that our battle ready, our battle ready, Divisions, except we're not on the old square division system anymore, but our battle-ready units of combat troops in the United States Army, that's not counting Marines and Navy but the, and uh, Air Force, but in the United States Army, only 450,000 men and oh. women. That's bad. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> we, may be facing, uh, we may be facing the biggest crisis, certainly, of our lifetime. Uh, and... Uh, and they've already got nearly 10,000 people dead over there. Yeah. And what about the sleeper cells that are in America now that's crossed over our borders? How There's sleeper cells all over America. We could have another 9-11 anywhere in our country. And, uh, you know, that's, it's sad, but um, wars and rumors of war, when you see everything collapsing and lift up your eyes, we're getting close. I'm not saying this is. The, I'm not saying we're in the battle of Gog and Magog, but I am saying that ever, everything could escalate overnight, and we need to be ready. All right. And something we just real quick, something we mentioned in our prep, 
Some of these things we're talking about could be happening in the tribulation time, the seven-year tribulation of hell on earth, the great tribulation. Well, if we can hear the noise or see the signs or see the shadows of some of the things that aren't going to happen until the tribulation, if we can already see that beginning now, then how close is the tribulation? And we know that we're going up before then because he's going to toot and we're going to scoot. Woo! Amen. We're going to toot scoot. We, we hear the toot, we're going to scoot. We're going to scoot. Yeah. <laughs> hear the toot, going to scoot. Uh, cheer up. If God can save a Jew, he can save a you. Amen. Amen. So blessed. Okay, we're going to open the floor about five minutes. Will you give us five more minutes? We want to give you five minutes. And so if anybody has a question, raise your hand. Josh is going to bring the microphone to you. Use it because we are live streaming this. And we are recording it, so we need you to talk into the mic when you ask a question. So, you know, if I don't know the answer, Jimmy does. I'm not, the, 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 the pressure is large. I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> if you have a question, raise your hand. The lady in the black outfit. I've often wondered where is America in all of this end time prophecy? It names all these kings that come together and, you know, to do the one world order. And I'm sitting here going, where, where is America in this? And I think I heard you say that the Tarshish could include that right. name where England, England's little lions. Yeah, the England's little lions. Yeah, the lions and the young lions. That's the where America the, would probably Could be. Possibly. But maybe not, because it could be that America is not going to be a player in the Great Tribulation. We may not be a player at all. We may be strictly meant to birth the church of Jesus Christ and be taken home. We don't know. May I say that since we don't really have specifics about that, I, something that's horrified me actually since I was a teenager is that if I don't see the United States in these end time things, and I see the end times rushing upon us, then it's gotta be the one of two things. Either the United States doesn't care and doesn't help at that point with Israel, or uh, the United States power has been reduced to such a place where we're in effect, we don't have any power. That could come through neglect, it could come through apathy, it also could become it also could come because of war against us. Or a nuclear blast. Because do you think that Russia or the kings of the East China or any of the, or Europe or any of these pe people could do any of these things that it describes do, doing if we were there to stop them? Yeah. So I question, I question that, that, that maybe we just check and, out. And America is not indestructible. No. We don't get a pass, Pastor. Anybody else? A question? Raise your hand, Daryl. The fine gentleman back there in the back. And then the farthest person from Josh, you'd be prepared to have the next question. When you said that God blessed Ishmael, why would he do that knowing they're going to turn out so bad? I just, I don't get that. Strictly because of Abraham. He Amen. loved Abraham and he did good to Ishmael because he loved Abraham. Well, we that be, was his boy. And, and I'm saying we could probably be like you said, the border's open and all the terrorists, they might come across with them. 
I know it's a fictional movie, but if you ever seen Red Dawn? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, you know uh, the Ishmael thing. The, if you remember the story, it says that that uh, that uh, God tells Abram that in his seed, and he still hadn't had Isaac yet. Sarah's not pregnant yet. And he says, in your seed shall all the nations of the countries of the world, peoples of the world be blessed. Abraham falls down on his face before God. And he says, yeah. oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Yeah. And God says, look, you know, more or less for your sake, I'll take care of you. And you got to admit, Ishmael's got some pretty strong nation out there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty powerful. And as far as numbers go, it's a lot of people. Yeah. A lot more than the Jews. That's true. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Raise your hand. You had a question. Jerry, I knew you would. Amen. You're going to give us a hard one. Then after that, we need one I back wanna, here in this corner. I want to go back to Kentur's uh, son that she bore to Abraham. Yeah, six sons. I know he's, Abraham sent them toward the East Countries. Could tell the East Countries have a connection with the east, eastern countries that will come down, I think, in the last battle, I think. Possibly. I wonder if it's possibly them, them countries. You're the one who brought well, that up. The only information that we have are those two verses. It said that he blessed them and gave them gifts yeah, and so set them to the east country on the other side of the river, which means east of the Jordan River, and just sent them off to go so that they wouldn't be around to influence or so corrupt that, Isaac. That wouldn't necessarily be a connection there. With, uh, it wouldn't necessarily. The east that the prophetic scripture is right. talking about, you know. That's but it, it wasn't precluded in it because it wasn't precluded either because we just don't know. Yeah. We know they went east. You sure they weren't sent across Euphrates or the Jordan? Well, if you're in, if you're in uh, Israel, the way Moses wrote when he talks about the river, he's talking about the river Jordan That's unless true. he specifies. So again, I'm just guessing there. Maybe he did mean the Euphrates because the Euphrates was always supposed to be the northeastern border of yeah. Israel. Yeah. And that yeah. runs through right downtown, downtown Baghdad. Yep. <laughs> Anybody else? Question? Raise your hand. Got a few more minutes. Of course, the lady in the black outfit. Of Gog and Magog, the ruler of, you're saying Russia. How did we get that Magog was Russia? Well, Gog is uh, probably a czar or a leader over Russia. A king. Magog is Russia. And you found that like on a map or did we? The, well, the best well, thing I... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it, ties thing, into, it ties into Noah's sons. Yeah, it goes. It, it, it's it's the uh, it, it's the sons of Noah for one thing. They were descendants of uh, were they were they grandsons of Ham, okay. sons of Canaan. Uh, can't remember, uh, but they were of Noah's decisions uh, descendants. Those names. But I read a, a pamphlet by J. Vernon McGee probably when I was like sixteen. My favorite Presbyterian. <laughs> May God richly bless you, my beloved. Uh, <laughs> but Jay Vernon wrote a pamphlet on Gog and Magog, and he said that they were that that exactly what Brother James said, and he said that the, that it was from the ancestry or the descendants of Noah, the, of his sons, and that and it also uh, linkage to where they settled, and, and that uh, the linguist that uh, and of course. 
Dr. McGee was a very smart, educated man, you know, and 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 he said that he said that because of of Meshach and Tabul, they they meant Moscow and Tobolsk, which yeah. used to be a big city in city. Tsarist Russia. If I'm not mistaken on that too, I think some render that as Rosh, which is head of yeah. the north, and and Russia is straight up north of Israel, as far as you can go without going to the really cold place. If you read, if you read, so some, it's it's meaning the kings of the north, and Russia is the furthest north, and some would would uh, translate that as Rosh. There which are is other where places. You get head of the north or kings of the north, which would be Russia. And, and I, it, Israel and Jerusalem is the center of the earth. So when God speaks north, south, east, west, it's from Jerusalem. Yeah, in the Bible, he always gives Israel as the reference point of direction. And so when he, so and when, Israel is the center. There. Yeah, and when he speaks of the, when he speaks of the, uh, the sea, it's always the Mediterranean. The great sea is the Mediterranean. Anybody else? We've got to wrap this up. Well, you're going to be able to come back next Sunday of night? Of course. I was going to say that if you look in the if you look in the generations of Adam, and uh, uh, and, and and he's named he, one of those descendants are named Rosh in there and among the grandchildren and stuff. And it's also mentioned in one of the prophets, which I'll have it next week. I'll look it up. And one of the minor prophets, I believe, the same thing is referred to as Rosh. Yeah, and Joel was a big player in the end time. Ezekiel 38 and 39. Of course, there was a controversy about that. I know that Dake says that's the Battle of Armageddon. There are some who say that 38 and 39 is Russia before the tribulation. I kind of have trouble with that, but what do you guys think? James and I have a, have a, a shared vision of that, and it has to do with escalation. We talked about it. Why don't you tell them? I think what's going to happen is the Battle of Gog and Magog, these countries will assemble and it'll, it'll escalate like birth pains, like travailing upon a woman, like birth pains. And the, the battle will intensify and accumulate in the Valley of Armageddon, which would be the Battle of Gog and Magog. Some people believe the rapture will take place just before this Battle of Russia, which Russia will be destroyed. Some by great earthquake and by the Lord, great hailstone. And some believe that the rapture will happen during and some just after. So no one, we don't know. And there's a couple of things that we want to figure in when we talk about this escalation. We've got the Isaiah 17 war in which Damascus is destroyed. But we haven't even mentioned it tonight, and that's the Psalm 83 Psalm war. Psalm 83 Where war. many of the same players are there. But if you notice that in Gog and Magog, God fights for Israel. And, and, in, and in the Psalm 83 war, uh, uh, Psalm 83 war, it has a different outcome where they're, where they're having armies and, 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 uh, and it, 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 it's like the army, the army of Israel prevails over them. And, but there are many of the same players. And so I, I tend to think of this escalation deal that, that James has been developing that, 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 that these battles or they may be campaigns of a long and, I think and, and all much more much more complicated war. I don't know that for sure, and I don't think we can be dogmatic That's about true. it. But I do think they will accum uh, accumulate into the Valley of Megiddo and the, the Armageddon War. It'll intensify. But one thing you got to remember, folks: 
Israel's back in the homeland. First time in thousands of years, over 2,000 years actually. Israel's come back home. She's in her land. She's in her nation. Speaking Amos, Hebrew. Yeah. And they've learned their new language, Hebrew, got it back, the old language. Uh, their, their supernatural power, their power to reckon with. Israel's there. They're there to stay. God said they're, ne they're never going to go away. Jesus is going to come back and set up his throne in Jerusalem. He's returning. And so please hear me. There's never been a ge generation until ours. As Israel has made it back home. And to all the replacement people out there, James keeps saying we have a Jewish Savior. Uh, we do. He's returning. He'll still be a Jew. He didn't he turn into a Gentile. He's going to sit on a Jewish throne. Sure. He's going to sit on the throne of his father, David. And I'm not going to have anti-Semitism. No, not going to no. allow that. <laughs> and he's going to rule with a rod of iron. And what's the line? The law will go forth from Zion. You, you say, I got a problem with that. Well, take that up with God. He chose to live <laughs> in his son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, we're done. That was good. We're done. Think of your questions next week. We'll have more question and answer. Yeah, he'll answer. I'm just <laughs> no. here for the ride. Let's pray for Israel. Let's all stand and let's pray for Israel. And pray that you're ready. Pray that you're ready. Be ready. The Lord could come at any moment. We're seeing things happen in biblical proportion. It's escalating. I mean, this thing is coming together like gasoline to fire. It's raging. We, we could overnight be in World War III. We probably already are, but we could overnight be in horrific. And so the, the greatest urgent uh, petition to you and I is we need to be right with God. We need to make sure we're ready to meet the Lord. Because he's coming. He's coming soon. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love, your grace. We're so excited about the sign of Israel. We're excited about the fact that your word is true. And the prophets have not missed any target at all. And God, you truly are sovereign. You chose Israel, the nation, to sanctify the land. You chose you chose Jerusalem, and you chose your son, Jesus, born of the flesh, a Jew. The word made flesh and dwell among us. Father, we pray for Israel. We know they're not living for you. We know Israel is not without sin. We know Israel is no better than anybody else. But the land is holy. The land is yours. And you made a promise to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And that promise is still good today, not because Israel is good, but because you're good. And Father, we pray for peace to come to Jerusalem. We pray, God, that you'd protect the innocent. That includes Palestinians. Father, that you protect the hurting, that you bring some kind of peace in that area. And I realize that there'll be no peace without you coming back, Jesus. But Lord, we just pray that your will be done. Thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we look to you, we trust you, and we believe that you might come at any moment. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.